So hey, today, hopefully most Sundays, we're going to be just talking about Jesus. <laughs> the good news that uh, he is alive, he is risen, and he is amazing. Uh, I want to specifically talk in light of the new covenant today. And this has been kind of a wild week for me. Won't spare you all the details, but it's just been kind of hectic. There's something going on with some of my life that's a little heavy too. And you know, I know you don't come here for me, which is so amazing. I love that about this church, that you're not impressed by the speakers, but just Jesus. That's why we exist. That's why this church has been here for all the, the time it has. And so today, like I was looking at my notes, I'm like, wow, I don't have any stories. I got nothing funny in there. So it's like, we're just going to like kind of do truth today. Does that sound good? Cool. And, and I'm probably going to be looking a lot at my notes because I want to make sure I say what I say. So I'm just going to let the Spirit speak, which is so fun, because, you know, Paul even said, I didn't come in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith wouldn't rest in the wisdom of man, but actually the power of God. And so, and they think, biblical times, they thought Paul probably had a stutter. He actually wasn't that, like, impressive. They think he was actually kind of big and hunchback a little. I don't know where they get all these details. Um, but, you know... But he does say, like, in one of the letters, like, my, you, you know my appearance isn't that impressive, but my letters, like, they're freaking weighty. Like, they carry the spirit with them. And it was like, yeah, they were very weighty, Paul. So, you know, I don't weigh a lot, but, like, you know, let them be weighty today, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, Romans 1.16, we're just going to open up with that. Anyone can quote it? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. There it is, baby. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. It's the dunamis to everyone who believes. So there is no more powerful news than the gospel. There's no powerful news than what has already happened 2,000 years ago. And I'm all about getting a present word, a new word from God. But man, there is plenty of good old words. Somebody? Yeah, there's just something that happened about 2,000 years ago that's still transforming and changing lives today. And sometimes we're after the new new, but really like the old news, but it's the good news, is still the best news. And if you're not hearing the gospel, right, you're not hearing good news. You may be hearing something else, but if you're hearing the gospel, it should sound like good news of what he's done. Yes. All right, so... <clears throat> Last night, I plugged in these lights right here, made this place beautiful. Andy actually put up all the lights, but I plugged them in and made the place beautiful. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say here is uh, there is no difference between plugging in lights and plugging in faith. And faith doesn't really mean much if it's not plugged in to the right source. But when you plug faith into the right source, into the person Jesus, into the covenant word, into the new covenant, this thing freaking comes alive. This thing is real. This thing takes shape. Things start happening. Miracles start breaking out. When we actually trust the covenant word of God and plug it into the right place. I think most people's issues, and this is just my thought, is we've strayed from the good news. We're, we're, we're checking out other news. We're checking out even good Christian books, but we have drifted away from the person Jesus and just the simplicity and purity of devotion to him and the gospel. 
And I don't believe the Christian life was meant to be super complicated when Jesus came to uneducated and untrained people. And most people in Bible times were illiterate. They couldn't even read a Bible. Nor when the early church started was there a New Testament. We are blessed today to have the scriptures, right? But back then, what did they have? The Spirit of God. (laughs) They had the Holy Spirit leading them, guiding them into all truth. The same Spirit that you and me have today, the same Spirit that's in the little kids, it's the same Spirit of God speaking to His people, moving through His people. So like little Simba from The Lion King, sometimes we forget who we are, and we forget whose we are. Don't you just love that little part in The Lion King, somebody? He's just like, he just forgot. He forgot. And who was it? What's the monkey's name? Tweaky? Mutweaky? Rofiki? Rofiki? See, here's some, here's some laughter coming in. Come on. Um, dude, Rofiki's like, dude, look at the water. He's like, I'm looking at the water. I see absolutely nothing. And then his dad, Mufasa, who died, appears in the water, and he's like, you forgot who you are because you forgot who I am. You know, and as he remembered who his father was, Come on, airplane. When he remembered who his father was, he actually remembered who he was. That was supposed to just like... If I had a projector, I would have played it for you, and you would have been like, that was powerful. (laughs) Uh, Guys, the good news has changed my life. I look out here and I know a lot of you, the good news has changed your life. And the good news is continually changing lives. And we would all do well to continue to think on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ and what that accomplished, what that broke open, what that has given us as new covenant sons and daughters of God. If I had music, I'd play We're Not in a Hurry when it comes to his presence by United Pursuit, too. (laughs) Now, guys, I believe we're in a major disadvantage from the biblical days in the area of covenant. And in their society, people made covenants. And you actually don't even make a covenant. It's more than a contract, but you actually cut a covenant. And so if Monty and me were making a covenant over, say, a boundary of land or a place, we would find a fattened calf or something, some kind of animal. We'd literally cut the animal down the middle. Blood would go all over. If you got a weak stomach, covenants are not going to be for you, but they were for God and his people. Blood's everywhere. Monty and me are both walking through that. And we're saying to each other as we walk through this, if I break the covenant, I'm as dead as this animal. And if you break the covenant, you're as dead as this animal. And in a covenant, your word was your bond. That's all you had back then. That was your life when you did that. And in marriage, we didn't talk about this yesterday. Sometimes I include this, but marriage... (laughs) You get married at an altar. And hey, the altar yesterday for you guys was the bluff. But the reason people got married traditionally at an altar is because it's the place of sacrifice. And for a marriage to work and for a marriage to thrive, you have to give up your life so you can love someone else more than yourself. 
Now, the Bible can become a very confusing book, a very confusing book for people in regards to especially the nature of God if you don't understand covenant. Covenant is the only form of relationship that God will ever enter into with people. And don't miss this. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. Meaning the Father, the Spirit, they're all the same yesterday and forever. They don't change. What I'm saying here, guys, is the God of the Old Covenant and the Old Testament is the same God of the New Covenant and the New Testament. The only difference is God acts different, I should say, or is, which word did I use here? May handle situations differently depending on what covenant he was in at the time. Five major covenants in the Bible. And stuff I'm telling you here, and I don't say this, it's not a prideful in my mind right now, I was about to say this. These are like foundational truths for me. These are things I don't even think about. I just live out because God has convinced me through the word. But I found when I talk to people about covenant or other things, their eyes are like, wait, what are you even saying right now? (laughs) And so I just believe we actually, as God's people, need to understand covenant or the Bible and God become very just strange and weird at times. So your five major covenants in the Bible are the The Noahic covenant with Noah, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, and then the last covenant is the new covenant with Jesus. Now stay with me. I told you this was going to be kind of more like a teaching, less like a sermon in the the way I usually give it. So the Mosaic covenant, if you didn't know this, that is the old covenant. That's where the 613 laws were given. That was, and, and when God had these laws, these, these commandments, there was everything in there. There was stuff about women's menstrual cycle. There was stuff, if you poo, you better dig a hole, cover it, because the angel's going to come through. There was stuff on the, you know, the big 10. And again, because it's the same God, we know he was a loving God and even giving that law to the people of God. They were coming out of slavery. They were coming out of bondage. They were a hectic society. So God was like, hey, let me throw some things in here that's going to help you guys to like not only survive, but thrive. You know, and some of those were like dietary things. Other things were sanitary things. Other things were just like, hey, it's not good to cheat on your wife. You know, uh, it's not good to have other gods before you. I mean, and if you don't know the big 12 or big 10, uh, I'm not trying to add more, Jesus. <laughs> um, you know, eight of them are more with one another. Helping society just run healthier. Two of them are with God. Now, I'm going quickly here, so just kind of stay with this. Um, When Jesus gave his life on the cross, that was the end of the old covenant. The new covenant began at, at that same time. So, like, that's why, I mean, what was Jesus' last words? It is, okay, so what is he saying? He's saying the old covenant it's finished. It's no more. And he's saying, there is a new covenant that I'm ushering in for those that want to put their faith in me. Guys, in the new covenant, man, I can say a lot right now, but in the new covenant, your debt is fully paid in full. That means past, that means present, and that means future. It's just paid in full. Every laws, all the laws, all the measuring up, it's done. It's done. It says in Romans 13, love is the fulfillment of the law. So everything was channeled to 
bring love. And again, as new covenant believers, if we're living by the Spirit and us four, Jojo, you don't drive, us four pull up to a stop sign full of love, full of the Spirit, probably about around the same time, we're like, oh, Josiah, you go. Oh, Danny, you go. Matt, you probably got there like three seconds before me. Now you go, you know? We're just moving in love. Why would we need a law? And if we got on the freeway, you'd be like, dang, it's a little misty. We probably should all drop down to 50. Everyone's like, 50 it is, 45. We're just moving in love. Why would I need a law? Because it's the spirit of God. You're not needing laws anymore because the spirit is living his life through you as you're yielded to him. Every covenant said this yesterday, did say this one is marked by three things, a promise, a sacrifice, and a seal. And you got to understand that because that's really important. What is the promise that God has given us in this covenant, the new one? Somebody, the word of God. Every word is a covenant word. Every word is a true word. Every word is a promise. It's not yes or no, 1 Corinthians 1 says. It's yes and amen in Jesus. Every word is a promise word in the new covenant. What is the sacrifice? Somebody, that one, you got to get that one. Jesus, you know, come on. It's just like, when in doubt, Jesus. His sacrifice, his life on the cross for you. And what is the seal? Bible says you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. What is our role back to God? God, my life is yours. What is the sacrifice? It says daily present yourself as a living sacrifice to God. Anyone's been in church has always heard, what's the problem with the living sacrifice? So it's climbing off the altar. Okay. Yes, laughter. <laughs> Winning. Um, and then the, the seal is baptism. It's entering into the covenant waters and saying, yes, forever, God, I'm married to you. My life belongs to you. So let me say it again. The cross canceled the old covenant. All the debts, all the curses, and the yoke of religion. The new covenant, guys, is come get to know the Father, Son, and Spirit. And everything, here's the crazy thing about covenant, if you don't understand this. Everything that belongs to this person on the covenant now belongs to that person. That's why Ephesians says you've been given every spiritual blessing. There's no lack anymore in Jesus. The only lack is here in our mind. But the truth is you've been given everything, the Bible says, pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him. You do not lack anymore. The problem is we don't always believe everything we've been given in Christ. So we're trying to work for things that we've already been given. You're trying to get in a room, you've heard me say this, and you're already in the room. How funny would that look? You come in the house of prayer, I'm trying to get into the house of prayer. I'm like, you're in the house of prayer. You're like, no, I'm going to get in the house of prayer. I got a few more things to do and hoops to hop through, but then I'm going to get into the house of prayer. I'm like, you're in the house of prayer. Our God is a patient God. Because a lot of us are always trying to get in a room we're already in. When really we just need to say, all his promises are yes and amen. Our main role, this may be too bold, maybe it's wrong, but I believe our main role as believers now is we're learning to receive and respond off of what has been given to us. We're learning to receive. 
and then respond. He's the initiator. He's the pursuer. We don't even know how to love unless he first loved us. And then here's your crazy verse. Put this one to memory. It is Romans 5.17. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you want to reign in life, you got to get good at receiving not just a little grace, empowerment from God, abundant grace. And a free gift of righteousness. You can't be like, are we cool, God? Are we not cool? Are we cool? Are we cool? Maybe, maybe not. You know, I did that stupid thing. God's like, you're righteous. 100% of the time, because of what I've done and I've already given you, he made him who knew no sin to be sin, that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can't get more righteous. I don't care if you go to Kakata, you know, Mother Teresa's place, do all that stuff. You ain't coming more righteous. Or if you start going stupid on me, you're not coming less righteous. That's one of the best things you can do when you trip, fall, do stupid. Go back to righteousness. Go back to just, God, I'm the righteousness of you. And he's like, yeah, son. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> why are we doing all that when you are the righteousness of me? All right, here's a big one. Don't miss this, please. The old covenant was met was made between God and Moses, the people of Israel. The new covenant was made between God the Father and God the Son, not you. Somebody. The old covenant was made between God and the people of Israel. Moses was the one who took it, but he brought it to the people. The new covenant was met between God the Father and God the Son. He went and put the blood on the mercy seat. He made a new covenant. He ushered it a new and living way, it says in Hebrews. I've probably read the book of Hebrews like 50 times. It is my favorite book in the Bible. There's no better book if you want to understand this new covenant. Let me show you guys how the covenant worked, okay? This stuff is like revolutionary once you get it. Deuteronomy 28. And there's camps and Christians that are like, <laughs> Christians are interesting. I like Christians. I am one. Uh, but, you know, I didn't grow up with religion and churches, and there's just some weird stuff out there. All right, no more. God, shut my mouth. Okay, anyway, Deuteronomy 28. This is the chapter on blessings and cursings. So in this old covenant, if you did right, now it shall be, if you diligent, God's saying, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, what I command you today, the Lord your God will send you on high will set you on high above the nations of the earth. And these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed will you be in the city. Blessed in the country. Blessed will be going out. Blessing you coming in. Blessing on your offspring. Blessing on your flock. Blessing, blessing, blessing. There's so many blessings. It's wildness. Like it's the heart of God. It is God's heart to bless us. However, he goes here. But it shall come about if you do not obey the Lord your God and observe his commandments and his statutes, which I charge you today, curses are going to come upon you. Curses you in the city. Curses this. Curses that. It's all these curses now. <laughs> and so many believers still live. One of the worst things is when we're mixing the covenant. We're taking some of the old, some of the new, and we're mixing them. And we have this kind of relationship with God because we're not, we read those kind of verses and we're like, 
I think I'm being cursed because I've done something stupid. I've been righteous, so I think I deserve blessings. And we're trying to work for a salvation that God's already given us in him. Guys, Galatians 3.13. Cursed is him who hangs on a tree. Talking about the person Jesus. Who took every curse that's ever been placed on man? Jesus. Guys, if you have a theology that's like God's still sending curses down, get that wacky thing out. Jesus became the curse for us. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He absorbed the curses. He absorbed the sin. He absorbed, you know, all these things that the old covenant talks so much about. Guys, this is the good news. The pressure is off of you and me to perform for blessings. Your papa and father loves you regardless if you have it all together. And he's a God who's going to bless you even if you don't have all your ducks in a row. And who has them in a row? And when you make mistakes or go into stupidity, the question is, how's that working out for you? And I believe it's the same question the father asks us. It's not like he's like, you piece of crap, what are you doing all I've done for you? It's just more like, how's that working out? Oh, you don't like eating all those Skittles? You don't like eating all those like M&Ms and gummy bears for dinner? You might want to come back over here to the steak I got for you. Perfectly made, sauteed, vegetables, potatoes, green peas, potatoes. <laughs> but for real it's like that is the consequence how is that working out for your meal it's like I feel like crap God's like I get that you should probably come this way you're like that's a great idea hold on I got some really good notes I just don't know where I'm at check this out faith faith when you understand faith as a new covenant believer, you're done begging God. God, please do this. God, please do that. God, please do this. You understand this is all part of the covenant. I'm not going to beg God for his love anymore. I'm already in the covenant and the love is 100% on. I'm not going to cry out, God, make me righteous. I've already done that for you. Even patience, and we don't got to get caught up in semantics. You know, you got like a boss or a coworker or a mom. You're like, God, give me patience. Pour out patience on me. And God's like, you know what? When you lose your life, you find it. And really the way patience works, it's a fruit of the spirit, not a fruit of you. So when you lose your life, guess what you get? The patience of God. That's why Paul's like, it's no longer I who lives. Well, who's living, Paul? Christ. <laughs> he wasn't like, oh, we need patience. He's like, no, you need to lose your life and embrace that life of saying, it's no longer me. So then who's going to live this life? Christ, the Holy Spirit through you. Is this making sense? And don't get caught up if you want to cry out for patience or kindness or gentleness. But the truth is like, they're a fruit, not of you, but of the spirit living through you. Guys, the new covenant was established so we know exactly where we stand with God. Exactly. That there would be no confusion. I believe healing's in the covenant. 
I believe redemption, wisdom, all these things are in the covenant. And once you know they're in the covenant, then you can lay hold of them and go after them without like this. This is this is gopher. This is gopher land. You know, you're like. But that's some of our walk with God. We're all over. Like, am I in? Am I out? Are we cool? Are we not cool? Am I, am, am I belong? Do I not belong? Do I have my salvation? Do I not? And God's like, get off of Gopherland and get on the rock. That's not moving. That's unchanging. That's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm going to let you guys in on a secret that Paul knew about. The early church knew about it. 2 Corinthians 3.6. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. If you're trying to live by the law, if you're trying to live up to certain standards, behaving certain ways, trying to obey that thing, it's going to kill you. But the spirit, it says, it'll give you life. And what he's saying is get in relationship with God, get to know God, and watch how the spirit of God will just naturally, effortlessly live through you. I, I mean, the grace of God is like supernatural. And I know we can go into so many testimonies of how he's changed you. And sometimes you don't even realize he's changed you. And then someone does something and you respond different. You're like, <laughs> how did that happen? That used to really offend me. Now I feel loving towards you. God. <laughs> but we don't even know how it happens. It's just the grace of God at work. It says in Titus, it instructs us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. This is what the grace of God will do. It just changes you. 2 Corinthians 3. Please stay with me, okay? You guys staying with me? Got to read these verses too. Listen to this. Are we beginning, this is NLT, are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Or we like others who need to bring letters of recommendation. You ask us to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are letters written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize the good work among you. Clearly you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. The letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It's carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. We are confident of all this because of the great trust in God through Christ. It's not that we are qualified to do anything in ourselves. Come on. Our qualification comes from God. He's enabled us to minister his new covenant. This is a covenant not written with laws, but with the spirit. The old was written. The old written covenant ends in death, but the spirit, the new covenant spirit gives life. The old way with laws etched on stone. Come on, this is talking about the old covenant. The old way with laws etched on stone led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel cannot bear to look at the, at the face of Moses. For his face shone with glory when he came down the mountain. Shone with the glory of God even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new covenant? Now that the Holy Spirit is given to us and the old way, which brought condemnation was glorious. How much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God. In fact, the first glory is not glorious at all. He changes his mind. The first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of this new way. So if the old way, which has been replaced was glorious, goodbye old covenant. How much more glorious is the new, which remains forever? Woo! 
And let me help some of you just to answer this question that you could just settle this once and for all. How do you enter into the covenant? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I know the verse. Who knows the verse? Just start me off, Rainy. What is it? You've been saved by grace through faith. Let's not even go on the faith thing. Let's just start right there. You've been saved by how? By grace. You've been saved by grace. You weren't just that person. I, people use the analogy. You were just drowning. You're like, help me, Jesus. He waited till you stopped, and then he pulled you out. No, you freaking dropped to the bottom of the ocean. You were just gone forever. He pulled you back up breathe into you and brought life to your whole body as you got united to him. You've been saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of, not as a result of works so that no one can. Who does salvation from beginning to end? Jesus. And I'm going to give you one more verse to memorize. Next week, I'm just going to call out random people to say these verses out loud. I'm just playing. Chill out. Okay. They're like, all right, on my iPhone, I'll just look down real quick. Listen to this, guys. How did I get into Jesus? How did you get into Christ? Because this whole Bible is about in Christ and all the blessings that come with this covenant. But this is 1 Corinthians 1.30. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. Who got you in there? But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and and redemption, so that, just as is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Guys, it's by God's doing that we got into Christ Jesus, who became these things for us. So as we're in him, you became wisdom, the ability to make godly decisions by the Spirit, Guys, somebody, come on. We have the mind of Christ. You've heard me say this before if you've been around. We are more like God than you recognize and know. I mean, Psalms 8 said, you made us a little lower than Elohim. You've crowned us with glory and honor. You've given us your mind, God. And as we abide in him, guys, we taste of the wisdom of him the sanctification, the redemption of him, the righteousness of him. This is a good word. Shake it up. All right, we're almost done here. I think I'm going to land it. I just want to read one more verse to us, and I already said it once. Do you two want to just come back up? Guys, because of Jesus, and we know this, guys, we've been given, trying to find the verse to just read the whole thing because it's so good, everything. Not most things, not some things it says, but everything. There it is, Peter. 
All right, Second Peter 1, verses 2 to 4. Just close your eyes, hear this out. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So just thank him. He's multiplying grace. He's multiplying peace as we know God more. And then he says here, seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. And then the last year, for by these he's granted to us precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of a divine nature having escaped the corruption that's in the world by lust. So, Father, we just say thank you for today. God, thank you. God, that we're just new covenant sons and daughters. God, that we don't have to ask, can we open up the fridge? Are we invited to dinner tonight? Lord, that we would come boldly, as your word says, in the place of prayer. God, we come boldly in the place of knowing our identity and who we are in you. God, that you would just break off, God, just the mixture, even in our church, God, of just just law and grace. Yeah. God, your word promises us, God, it kills. The old covenant kills if we want to live by the law, but the new covenant, it gives life. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel, you know, real strong right now that there's just some of you have been just plagued. I mean, like, literally the enemy who's called the accuser of the brethren has just used the Bible and just used the law to just keep you in a place of defeat that you're never going to win. You're never going to, you know, overcome that. You're always going to be not enough. And I just feel like even now, just, you need to just, um, you just need to say no more, like no more. Like, I feel like it's been a stronghold in some of your lives, like literally a stronghold because you've tried to like measure up to a standard that's just unattainable. Uh, When the whole message is Jesus has already done it. Look what Christ has done. Look what he's already accomplished on my behalf. Look at the gifts he's given me. Look what he says about me. And so if that's you, this is always a family room. You just need to stand and I'm going to have some people come around and pray for you right now. You know who you are. Don't, don't like, you already know the, the spirit speaking to you. So, okay. All right. There's someone in the back, please. A few of you go over there and pray. And then you got a lot of people right in here. Um, but let's get hands on every person that's standing and let's just agree. Let's just agree right now for freedom over their life. Let's just agree for a breakthrough over their life. Yeah, let's just agree from just any religion just coming off of them, any place where they're just, they're trying to measure up to just, they just can't. And it just feels like constant defeat in that area. 